the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. In Matthew 6 and 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So tonight I'm going to be talking to you about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When I first um, when I first got saved and I started looking for a, a church to go to, I was I would I was visiting a couple churches and I was asking God, where do you want me to be in church at? Because I was I was only interested in being in the church God wanted me to be and doing what God called me to do, because for 25 years of my life, I was lost. I was in darkness. And I asked myself this question every day. I do not understand being here on this earth. I do not understand purpose. Because see, when you're without God, it says you're without hope in this life. I never could figure out what life meant. What I had money. You know, there was times I, I had money. I drove nice cars. I, I had diamond rings. But this life, it never made any sense to me. I couldn't figure out why while I was here. Until, until I met the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1979, I was born again. And then I started my journey to find out my purpose for being on this earth. So I started seeking first uh, the kingdom of God. I was looking for a church to go to. And I would go to different churches and I would see their sign on the outside. And it would say, church on Sunday. It wouldn't say anything about church through the week. It would just say church on Sunday. Now, I didn't have any Christian friends except... For the people that I met in church, I didn't have any Christian family, didn't have any Christian friends, didn't have anybody to talk to, to uh, guide me or, or tell me what it was I, I was looking for. But I had the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in all truth. And so I started going to these churches and I look up, I said, Sunday on church only. I said, that ain't for me. That won't work for me. Sunday only will not work for me. So. I started going to um, between two churches and asking God where he wanted me to be. And he put me in a church that was a, um, a soul winning church. They believed in uh, 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 going out and getting children. I was in the bus ministry. They believed in winning souls. And they believed in putting your faith into action. And so I was in that church uh, for a while just... Uh, it's one step at a time, learning what God wants you to do in this life. And until you find your purpose, like Amber was talking about, the body of Christ, the toll, everybody's been called to do something. 
God's given everybody talents and abilities and gifts, and He puts you here for a purpose. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about that purpose. Because it's so easy, especially in the United States of America, for people to make excuses. Why they can't do this, why they can't do that. And the devil, he's so slick that he's always trying to get people offended. He's always trying to tempt them with things to get them out of their purpose for being here. I remember um, this pastor friend that I have. He's about he's been a pastor for about 30 years. And um, he's got 12 children. He's a family man. Loves his wife, loves his children. And at the time, all of his children were at home. And um, a few times, I'm, I'm over the, um, the jail ministry down in Hernando, and I have a couple services every Sunday night. And back in the past, a few times I would be in a jam to where people would call and cancel on me, and Pastor Guy would be out of town because Pastor Guy's always been faithful, and he's been down there with me for years. But I would call this uh, pastor friend, and I would ask him, I would say, um, could, you, could you help me uh, tonight? And, and he helped me several times. But I remember one particular time, I called him and asked him to help me because I had two services and I was the only one. And so um, I asked him to help me, and he, says, uh, he said, Brother Tom, he says, tonight is one of my uh, uh, children's uh, birthday. And he said, we've been planning for a long time to have a, uh, a birthday party. Um, and I said, well, I, I don't, I don't want to bother you, Pastor. I, I didn't know. I'm just calling to see. And before I hang up, he said, well, wait a minute. I, I, I'll call you back. So he called me back, and he says, okay. He says, uh, I want to come with you tonight. He said, I, I've worked it out. Okay. In other words, he was seeking first the kingdom of God. So what he did, he didn't neglect his children. He just changed some hours around. So he could still have that birthday party with his children and then go out and seek first the kingdom of God. The reason I brought that up is because so many people make so many excuses today why they can't do what God called them to do. And they let all these natural things get in the way as if of they're not going to give an account of their life to God. But I promise you, your, your life's going to be tried by fire. And either your works are going to be burnt up or you're gonna, or he's gonna say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." And it's the same for for everybody. I can just honestly tell you this: I have grandchildren, and them grandchildren are precious. You know, I mean, they're just precious. But if my family calls me and tells me we're gonna have a birthday party on Tuesday when it's prayer time, on Wednesday when it's church, on Sunday when I'm ministering, or on any other time that the kingdom of God comes first, I can promise you, I know what I'll tell them. I say, you're either going to have to change your hours or I'll be there afterwards. I'm not going to cancel to seek first the kingdom of God for anything because the devil will use anything to try to get you off track and to keep you off track so you can stay off track. I believe in taking a break for a short period of time. I believe in going on vacation. But you got to be careful how long your break is. I know people that's been on break for two months, six months, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Because your time will turn into something else and take you 
where you don't want to go. First, the kingdom of God. Not being hearers only, but doers only. I won't go to the book of James tonight for the sake of time. But I will go to Romans right now, the 12th chapter and verse 1. Romans 12 and verse 1. In Romans 12 and verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you know there is a perfect will of God? And the only way you find that perfect will of God is by seeking first the kingdom of God. And there is no other way that will work. Now I want you to go uh, thirsty if you would. Put Ephesians the first chapter during the 16th verse. Ephesians 1 and verse 16. In Ephesians 1 and verse 16, it says, Cease not to give thanks. He says, Cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe through the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ and raised Him from the dead when he, and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come, and had put all things under His feet, and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fill, filleth all in all. I pray this prayer for you, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You have to know what your purpose for being here is. He put talents and abilities and gifts on the inside of you. And the only way you're ever going to find out is you have to start stepping out and saying, is there anything in the church I can do? Find something in the church to do. Because the church will eventually move you around and put you in the places where you belong in the body of Christ. You've got a race to run. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first verse. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are com compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, 
lay, a lot, lay aside every weight and the sin which do so awesomely beset you, and let us run our race with patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we look back, well, I'm going to read verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. It says, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. You have a race to run. You don't want to faint. It says, don't be weary in well-doing. Okay? In due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. As long as you stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get weary. So stay filled. Filled. Ain't that right, Jumping Johnny? Filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the only way it works. Filled. Daily. Every day. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great a cloud of witness, let us, let us notice it puts weights. Every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. Listen to me. Sins are no different than weights if they're keeping you from running your race, keeping you from doing the will of God. So you have to be careful in your life. If you stayed filled with the Holy Spirit, you can sin is really easy to see. But those weights, see, those things that try to weigh you down and hold you back um, from running your race, they'll get you if you don't stay filled with the Holy Spirit. While we're in the book of Hebrews, back up thirsty to chapter 6 and verse 9. Chapter 6 and verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That word slothful, when it says be not slothful, means to be sluggish or lazy. Yeah. Do you know you can get sluggish and get lazy about the things of God? That's why it's so important to seek first the kingdom of God and stay filled with the Spirit of God. So you won't get sluggish and lazy. Do you know that the things of this world will cause you to be sluggish and lazy spiritually? It don't take much. <laughs> it don't take much. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely, saying, Surely, blessing, I'll bless thee and multiply, I will multiply. So then after he had patiently endured after he had patiently endured 
he obtained the promise. So see, you have to patiently endure. Faith and patience. Faith and patience is the two power twins. You have to be patient in your race. We walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everybody that comes to Him must believe that He is who He says He is, and He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. I can, I, can, I, can, I can say to my Father God, I can say, Father God, I thank You that You reward me because it's impossible for You to lie, and I diligently seek You, and You reward those who diligently seek You. We walk by faith and not by sight. It says in the 10th chapter, which I'm not going to turn there in Hebrews, it says, the just shall live by faith. If any man draws back from this walk, it says, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But I'm not of them that draw back unto perdition, which is paniscus ways of waste and ruin, but I believe to the saving of the soul. Put up there, um, Thirsty, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he said, Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, be alert, awake, don't be moved. Don't be moved from seeking first the kingdom of God and what He called you to do and what your purpose in the body is. If you're a toe, be the best toe there is in the body. If you're an arm, be the best arm there is in the body. If you're a voice, be the best voice there is in the body. But whatever you do, do it as on, on to the Lord. It says, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Put up there Luke 11. No, 8.11. I'm sorry. Put up there Luke 8.11. In Luke 8 in verse 11, it says, Now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So, I'm giving you the Word of God tonight. I'm giving you the seed. It's up to you what you do with it. It says, Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, they receive the Word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, they fall away. 
And that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard, they go forth and they're choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of this life and bring forth no fruit to perfection. But they on the good ground are they when it, with an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, they keep it. And they bring forth fruit with patience. When I read verse 14, and it says, They which fell among the thorns, are they which when they've heard, they go forth. They're choked with cares, riches, pleasures of this life. And bring forth no fruit to perfection. When we read that verse up in 14, uh, thir verse 13, it says, For a while believe, but in times of temptation, they fall away. So these temptations and these things, they come against everybody. But in verse 15, they on the good and honest heart haven't heard the word, they keep it. And they bring forth fruit with patience. You know, we're living in a world today that's busy, busy, busy. I walked in this place of business, uh, I don't know when it was, it might have been last year. And uh, I was talking to this guy. And he started talking about all this, you know, this is how we can do it and you can get in touch with me and blah, 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 and on and on, talking about the internet and all this stuff. I said, sir, I says, I don't know nothing about all that stuff. I says, I got a flip phone. I say hi and bye. I don't know nothing about none of the rest of that stuff. I don't want to know about it. Because I know how much of a distraction all that stuff is. So he looked at me, he says, you're in the darkness. I said, oh, no, sir. No, sir. I said, I promise you, I am in the light. He didn't say another word. Busy. Busy, busy. The reason for all the busyness in life is so that the devil can get you to a place that you can't hear God's voice. Christians are too busy to sit with God. They don't know what it's like to be still and know what he is saying. Martha was troubled about many things like a lot of people are today. But Mary knew how to sit still and know his voice. When you get to the place where you don't hear his voice, you're in trouble. And he wants to get you so busy that you don't know what his will is. All you have to do is be still and know he's God and hear his voice. When you can hear his voice, you know what direction that you need to go in. But if you don't know what direction that you need to go in, you could be very confused in this life. Temptations, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. Pleasures. You know, 
I've been in business for myself for about about 40 years. And uh, I know what it's like to be busy. I know what it's like for the devil to try to distract me from running my race. Um, I'm behind on work. I got plenty of work. I'm behind. But it doesn't phase me in the least bit. I couldn't care less. The work can wait. The kingdom of God can't. My relationship with God, when I get up in the morning and I start spending time with God and I sit with Him for two or three hours and then I get in the Word and then I pray in the Spirit, I will not leave that house because I know for a fact if I go out that door without being filled with Him, that day, that day will be worth nothing. If, if, if I was to make $10 million in that day, that day would be in vain. It would be vanity for me to walk out that door and not be filled with the Spirit of God. I can't live any other way. These people, Christians, are so busy and they're so caught up with the pleasures of this life. I know people. They've, they've been um, doing things for the kingdom of God, busy about the work of the God. Um, I know people that used to go down to Bill Street with me on Friday night and, and hand out tracts and witness and cast out demons. And then the next thing you know, they're taking a break. And then after they're taking a break, the next thing you know, you don't see them no more. They're gone every week on motorcycles. The pleasures of this life. Now, let me make something real clear. God don't have any problems with you having a good time. God don't have any problem with you going on vacation. God don't have any problem with you getting with friends and having a good time. Just as long as it doesn't distract you from the kingdom of God first. Because you can get over in a ditch real quick, and sometimes it's hard to get out of ditches. There's a ditch over here, there's a ditch over here, and there's the kingdom of God first, and there's the center of the road. You've got to get out of the center of that road and make up your mind. You're steadfast, unmovable. You ain't moving to the right or to the left. You're in the center of that road. I went and played golf with Pastor Guy last Friday. First time, I guess I played golf with him in a couple, two or three years. I don't know. I don't keep up with time. The first time he called me, I said, Pastor Guy, you know, I, I can't right now. But then he called me again. And I said, okay, Pastor Guy, I'll meet you there to play golf. Now, it was, it was a pleasure, you know. It was, it was enjoyable. But I'm not going to let golf take the place of my part in the body of Christ. That comes first no matter what. I'm not going to have anybody answer for me, he's going to look at me and he's going to say, well, what would you do with what I gave you? We may get to that parable. We may not. But I went with Pastor Guy and I, I haven't seen his brother Heath in a while. And I hadn't seen his son Isaiah in a while. And I got together with him. And I had a good time. Pastor Guy had a good time by faith. But I'm not going to let golf run my life. It's a pleasure. But uh-uh. No. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. You're not going to live forever, people. I'm not going to live forever. If I live to be 120 years old, it's nothing but a vapor compared to eternity. Somehow, some way, Christians got this mindset. I've confessed Christ as my Savior. I go to church on Sunday. And when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And somehow, they got this mindset that everybody in heaven is going to have the same thing in heaven 
And they're going to be all in this great big one happy place. That ain't the way it's going to be, people. You're going to be judged according to your works. It says the Lord will judge His people. You're going to be judged according to your work. Matter of fact, before I go there, put up there um, Matthew 4, verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So I just want to let you know right now, if you're going through any temptation, there's no temptation that's taking you such as common to God that with the temptation, God will make a way to escape. Jesus faced every temptation you're ever going to face in this life and he overcame it all. He overcame the world, the flesh and the devil. So he said, and when Jesus was led up the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, some people can't do without food for four hours. But he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taken him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and in thy hands thou shalt bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said on them, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, so you notice, and again. So the devil still tempting him. The devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. How about that? And he said unto him, He said, All these things will I give you. If you'll fall down and worship me. You notice what he said. He said, all these things will I give you. You know, the devil will offer you things to try to get you away from God. Because he knows the power of man walking in the spirit with God. See, that's what Jesus came to do. To redeem you back so you could walk with God. The devil will bid high for you. He said... All these things will I give you. He'll offer you all kinds of things. He'll offer you money. He'll offer you pleasures of this life. He'll offer you mansions. He'll offer you all kinds of things to get you away from God. Because He hates you and He hates God. All these things will I give you if you'll bow down and worship me. And then Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, and see, that's what you got to do with the devil. You got to use the name of Jesus and say, Get thee behind me, devil. I don't have time for you. I'm running a race and I don't have time to slow down. It says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came on to him and ministered unto him. It says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. It don't say he won't come back, but you have to be more steadfast than he is. And when he comes back, you submit yourself therefore to God, you resist the devil, he ain't got no choice but to flee from you. 
Truth be known, he's, he's afraid of you because of who's living on the inside of you, and he's tremendously afraid of the name of Jesus. That's why when you're going to cast out a devil, you speak that name, that devil will come out, I promise you. That's why it says, they that believe in my name will speak in new tongues, they'll cast out devils and they'll lay hands on the sick and they will, will recover the power that's in that name, the authority that's in that name. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 13. Skipping over, but we're getting through. First Corinthians three and thirteen. It says this. It says, Every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Let me say this. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ as a Christian. Of course, if you ain't a Christian, judgment for you is hell eternally. For eternity. But if you're a Christian, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to try your works and that fire is going to hit it. And when that fire hits your works, if they ain't no good, they'll be burned up. And it says, every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. He saved, yet as by fire. He's got no rewards, he's got nothing, but he's saved as by fire. In other words, he escaped hell, but that's all you can say. Let me give you an illustration. It may not be a very good illustration. But I'll give it to you anyways. Say this person had lives in a real nice house. He's got a real nice house, expensive house. He's got two real nice Mercedes Benz sitting out in the driveway. He's got a family, a wife with children. He goes down to the bank and he draws all his money out of the bank and puts it in his home. He cancels an insurance on his house because he don't believe he needs it anymore. He cancels the insurance on his vehicles because he don't believe, believe it anymore. Believe it in it anymore. And then his house catches on fire. Burns to the ground. The man barely has a few seconds to escape out the window for his own life. He barely makes it out of the house. He's standing in front of his house. His wife, his children's in the house. Everything's in his house. It's burnt to the ground. The cars are burnt to the ground. He has nothing. He's saved as of by fire. You say, well, Brother Tom, that may, not, that may sound a little foolish. I'll tell you how foolish it is. It's as foolish as a Christian that wastes their life down here and don't run their race and don't do the will of God. He said, if you hold on to your life, you will lose it. He said, but if you'll give me your life, he said, you'll find it. You see, I never could find my life until I gave my life to him. I decided 25 years of this world is enough. Man, I don't need no more of the world. The world showed me enough. It's the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And it's the center of the road. You know, he says, he said the, the road it leads to life. It's straight and it's narrow. But he said that wide and that broad way, you can find it with your eyes closed. It leads to destruction. But that straight and narrow, that walk with God leads to life.
I can just tell you this. Don't waste your life down here, please. Don't waste your life. Get in your race. Find your purpose for being here. And run your race. Do whatever it is God called you to do. It says He gave one man ten talents. There's a lot of people that's gifted in the body of Christ and they got a lot. Because God gave it to them. And it says the man that had the ten talents, he took his talents. He served God. He ran his race. He'd done everything. He kept his kingdom of God before him first. And done everything God called him to do. Looked at him and said, well done, you good and faithful servant. He gave another man, I don't know whether it's two or five. I'd have to look it up. But it's, he gave him some talents. And the man, um, he, he ran his race. He did everything God called him to do. He kept his eyes in the center of the road, just straight in the narrow. Ran his race. Did what God called him to do. And uh, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He gave one man one talent. Maybe as a toe in the body. And he decided that the pleasure of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things in this world was more important than God. He didn't have anything nice to say to him. He said, you wicked, you slothful servant. What are you going to do with your life? It's up to you. You can walk out the door and pay no attention to what you heard tonight. Or you can let that seed fall on good ground and start bringing forth good fruit. You know, it's always about making adjustments. If you're too busy, get on busy. Get busy more about the things of God than you are the things of this world. They're all going to pass away in the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. What are you living for? What are you living for? I know what I'm living for. I ain't living for the pleasures of this life. Busy, busy, busy. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.